0: and Welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here and I'm joined by Don as usual. and We have our returning guests, John V and Leo. They're back again and uh, they have some stories for us this time so it'll be kind of interesting to see what's been going on. Uh, I think it's been about a month or so since we last talked to you guys.
1: Yeah, it feels like I've died a thousand deaths but that sounds about right. (laughs) I would say it's been about a month.
0: Yeah, how how have things been going? I understand you've been going through some things.
1: Oh yeah, we have some deeply dark tales of slumming it leo i can take the lead if you want please um, please please i am in the opposite place of where i was our last recording uh i was in sort of a domestic quarantine paradise and at a loss with how to have bad feelings and uh, sort of distracted by dinners just uh loveliness and domestic bliss and such and now i am uh Alone in the Bronx, sort of dizzy, losing my mind. I've sustained a few concussions. I've been temporarily homeless. (laughs) Um, So basically all that stuff in last episode, like, oh, yeah, I haven't really gone to the protests. I've been doing my own thing. That's like Icarus basking in the glow of the sun now
2: (laughs) after the fact.
1: It's very painful for me. Side note, I I went to this horrible community college in Manhattan uh, before I went to Columbia and still ended up here. Um, and, uh, they had a great sculpture in the garden that said, uh, so the school slogan was start here, go anywhere. And they had a sculpture of Icarus in the garden and I thought, <laughs> what a terribly morbid thing. <laughs> and, yet, and yet here I am singed by the sun. So, right. Yeah. A few weeks after our last recording, uh, I kind of totaled my life by accident, uh, various, factors um owed to this um one was uh around a few weeks after the first episode i left the bronx i uh let my parents cat sit here and um when i say parents uh, leo's more familiar with them but uh you shouldn't really think parents they're more like my troubled like latino teen children you know that i've had to look after my entire life they used to be very capable um my mother fled the soviet union in the late 70s with the famous bolshevik writer and guy who went to prison a lot uh edward Limonov, and then uh left him uh because he wanted her to buy him guns i believe and then uh, she taught at juilliard for a while uh, my father was an art director at a bunch of labels but then they had me and they moved to miami and they kind of just gave up. I think they misunderstood the fundamental basis of having a child, but uh, they kind of spiraled out on drugs, and um, I sort of had to look after them from, like, age five starting onwards. I'd have to, like, wake my drunk father up for work, you know. That was my kind of shift, and uh, this has continued into me, Keeping them afloat in my adult life and sort of letting them pester me until earlier this year when I finally cut them off. But then during Corona, I was worried about them and I wanted them to have somewhere to stay, so I let them stay here. um This will come let me, back. To- let me interject.
3: Let me interject. <laughs> what John won't tell you is that there's a seventy-five percent chance he's the best son of edward Limonov. so <laughs> people on the internet <laughs> just <laughs> accuse everybody of being a well john is the leader of this movement i
2: done. mean yeah, yeah there's very a good serious. chance
1: there's a pretty good chance yeah he remained in her life and uh, i've heard some arguments yeah I, I could be Limonov's son i certainly don't look half cuban um it's very possible <laughs> wow <laughs> I, I didn't know that yeah 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 I, I i could be the inheritor of the uh, bolshevik party and i could be facing a lot of jail time as a result i'm very excited but right. um, <laughs> yeah so so i let my crazy parents stay here again and um, i had also uh, made the mistake of letting my doctor prescribe me a benzo which i've had problems with in the past but when your doctor says like why don't we put you on this thing you really liked before you know, you're not going to say like, yeah. oh, you know, I won't have the restraint with that, <laughs> just, you know, you know, say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, why not? Maybe this time I'll just be chill. I'll go to sleep easier. <laughs> um, so and then I made the triple mistake of uh, leaving most of those uh, pills here with my parents. So this all leads up to um, a, a really uh, unfortunate day. Um The previous night, I had really annoyed the one I love by uh, getting upset at my hairline. I feel like I had a serious case of quarantine brain, which I will define early on as like the... I feel like we're all like passively enduring constant trauma through this, but since it's so deeply intangible and since all the sources are so murky and dissonant, uh, it doesn't really feel like trauma or it doesn't really feel placeable. So we sort of externalize bad feelings to make the trauma more sensible you know against its backdrop if that makes any sense um but anyway uh we had our dumb quarantine fights and then uh she uh wanted me out of the house uh the next day just for some space but this um this happened to coincide with my uh father taking like 30 benzos and relapsing onto alcohol and sending me death threats all day. And um, so uh, yeah, I was fighting with my parents at the time, so I couldn't return to the Bronx. Um, my sole confidant at the time was You Can't Win alumnus Cameron who has repeatedly asked me to denounce his appearance on the podcast, although I like that episode. I felt it was charming. You you got a nice portrait of Cameron's life where he's constantly rushed, and it's somehow always 4 a.m., and he's always, like, one confession behind. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, I thought it was charming. But anyway, he was trying to help me through this. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I made a misguided attempt to stay in one of the spare bedrooms, and much like every attempt to stand up for myself in a masculine way it totally blew up my face. So I was back on the street talking to Cameron. Uh he was being very charmingly obliging uh sort of like uh indulging my really stupid ideas like maybe I'll take mushrooms and just walk around all night and then return to her really wise and he would say like yes I I I I'd put that on the backbone of John. I I I try to <laughs> find a bed first. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> right. Um So my phone dies while I'm walking to see a friend and uh, I head upstairs with him and uh, he has a very fragile fiance and we had a very quaint conversation about uh, the weed we were about to smoke and then we all got high and then my friend started receiving death threats from my father who had somehow gotten my contact list and sent basically all my closest friends like drunken misspelled death threats unprompted um and uh the first time this ever happened i was ejected from my friend's home for being such a bummer he said like i'm sorry you have to leave (laughs) my fiance is very upset he kind of took me for a lap around the block but then i was just sort of like sitting on the sidewalk and there were all these psyops fireworks going off around me and um i was charging my phone in one of the ex phone booth now usb ports that they have around brooklyn and uh, people like mistook me for a homeless guy, and they were bringing me like sandwiches and Gatorade, and I couldn't refuse <laughs> it because they'd already gotten it for me. I had, my mask had fallen off at some point, so I guess this uh, this helped the image. But um, eventually, I found a really bougie hostel that, uh, given quarantine and COVID, I guess is empty except of the locals of the of the very large housing project who deal drugs and then spend the money on like hostel rooms there so it's a very funny like contrast of like dumbass airbrushed andy warhol stuff and like local drug dealers (laughs) having a grill that never ends (laughs) um so i'm drawing out there for a bit and just trying to figure out what to do next and i uh i go to the uh to the to the cops about the situation with my parents and um i talk to like a total asshole cop who who doesn't let me in the station and uh kind of like uh doubts that my parents are so cruel many people doubt this i feel like this is why i couldn't find a couch that night because no one could really um understand what the fight with my parents meant like a fight with most people's parents probably means like a disagreement, but like one of my first memories is like watching my drunk father like stab a guy through the foot, you know, like some some Venezuelan drug dealer. Um, so uh, yeah, so uh, I am pretty scared of the guy, especially on uh, substances. Um, but, uh, he sort of says, like, you know, if you hit them, they're over 65, it's elderly abuse, you know, that'll be really against your case, even if it's in self-defense. He basically tells me to, like, watch my ass. Um, so I come back here to the Bronx, and my parents are raging drunk, and, uh, we get into a fight, and, uh, my mother hits me in the head with a hammer, and I sustain a pretty decent concussion um yeah, and damn. uh yeah it's it's pretty brutal but um what was more brutal is that uh the next day before i um before i had cemented a place actually at the third pimps uh evan's uh old room that he had moved out of Um i love the idea of evan as this nebulous third character like <laughs> godot of this <laughs> podcast that never fucking happens because our lives are too fucked up perpetually um But, um, yeah, what was really heartbreaking is that, like, you know, they they are old and they are addicts. So, like, the next day they kind of forgot giving me a concussion. And they were like, oh, where are you going? Why aren't you staying? (laughs) (laughs) It's a a double-edged sword, this this whole situation. That's Um, a very
3: ironic response as a a frequent recipient of concussions. Because you really, you can't remember anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) the last concussion i had i didn't i didn't go to the doctor afterwards because i was too messed up and then like the next day i got up like bright and early and the first person i talked to i was like wow i got so concussed i forgot i went to the doctor because i just imagined this whole scenario (laughs) that never happened (laughs) that
0: explains a few things i remember advising you to go there but i didn't want to be pushy about it yeah I, I
1: honestly thought I'd been there. <laughs> yeah, no, I took care of that man. <laughs> yeah, they, they
3: hooked me up.
2: They, they put concussion
3: pills right in my ear. <laughs> Um Right,
1: uh, yeah, so then I was staying at Evan's old room down in uh, Ridgewood with my concussion, and um, one of the nights I... um. <laughs> I was leaving uh, the subway stop, and uh, this seemingly nice, seemingly homeless guy, uh, who I- immediately introduced himself as Mike Covert, uh, asked me for a cigarette. So I bummed him one, and he was talking to this nerdy couple. and C
3: O V E R T Covert, yeah,
2: covert yeah. affairs. Yeah, like yeah, television yeah. Television show.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and, and keep that in mind because that comes in some covert <laughs> affairs. Um, so he's, he's talking to this nerdy couple who seemed to be having the same problem that I'm having, which is that, uh, or rather who seemed to have had the same problem, which is that, uh, the, the woman's father had threatened the boyfriend with, uh, death threats and they had gotten power of attorney. So I thought, oh, these are cool people to talk to about my issues, you know, concussion logic. Uh, so I sat there with this homeless guy and this weirdly nicely done up couple, Uh, smoking a cigarette, and then he uh, said we should go down to the unsurveilled, like, secret area of the subway platform and smoke a joint. And I thought, okay, cool, I'll do that with Mike Covert. Uh, Concussion logic again. So we all go down, and I notice that only Mike Covert and I are smoking the joint, and that the couple immediately leave us. And then Mike Covert turns to me, and he says, "Uh, they don't smoke no weed, they don't know that I smoke crack. They don't know I suck dick, which I think is a haiku. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty beautiful, yeah. I think. Yeah. After the fact, but that's why he's my covert. Um, and he keeps uh, it on the low, low. He keeps it on the low, low Yeah, low. yeah. Um, and then uh, fucking, he starts with the you know the the come ons and the you know you have pretty lips and you know grabbing of my jeans and i'm very uncomfortable but also you know he's a big guy and i have a concussion and uh he pulls out a crack pipe and then he pulls out his slimy little chode and then he hits the crack pipe and he begs me to touch his chode and i'm thinking again of my father and all the violent outbursts he had like breaking windows with crack strength so I just, you know, I grab his slimy chode, and then I run up the fucking stairs, and uh, so this is how I became gay through a concussion, basically. <laughs> that's what Evan summed it up <laughs> But But, um, yeah, that's why they call him Mike Covert, and I... I, I was watching him <laughs> at that subway stop and I noticed that there were other like, you know, handsome, twinkish, semi-Latino guys that were getting him sandwiches at the local deli. And I noticed that he had a home very close to his spot. So fucking Leo, if you ever make it to New York, you and I are going to my covert spot. We're blowing it up, man. We're, gonna yeah, fucking... we're going to fucking.
3: We're going full burn notice. We're, gonna we're going <laughs> full fucking money. burn notice, dude. We got a burn notice on you my covert blacklist (laughs) and then the C4 goes off (laughs) Uh, yeah
1: so um, uh, you would think that I gave up here but uh, to quote the the eponymous novel uh, or rather I guess memoir of this podcast uh, rather than take fault with the fire I gave thanks with the metal I had to temper it with uh, quoting uh, Jack Black, author of You Can't Win and star of School of Rock. Uh, so I I, I, I kept you this very... You
2: can't stop the School of Rock. <laughs>
1: that's my favorite song from School of Rock. You Can't Stop the School of Rock. That's it's the best one of all.
4: Because it's um, funny and true, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: miranda cosgrove's breakout performance in school of rock will go down in the history books as one of the best performances by a child actor in a musical comedy and you can take that to the bank
1: um right so continuing down my horrible black hole i uh i start drafting a restraining order with the footage that i have and i guess you know unending history of toxicity and um i stay a week at evans and then i help him pack up his room which he said he had packed up And when i got there there was like a literal fireplace just full of like ancient art books that he had just abandoned that i had to box up for him and a bunk bed that was the height of michael jordan which you can only reach by like a series of like wooden platforms and like a really tough pull up so Evan's a cool guy. Basically. I don't think Evan stays so ripped.
3: He's doing pull-ups just to get into bed. Just to get into bed, brother. <laughs> That's a Did true attempt. Remember like the 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 sweet spot in your life where you're like say 22 to 25 and big art books like this is my Gustav Klimt book that weighs 50 <laughs> pounds. Like, you just needed to get as many art books as yeah, yeah. to show girls who came over. You're like, oh, I got the Klimt. I got it all. baby. just leaf through it and enjoy this marijuana cigarette. <laughs> Maybe we do something else. I don't know. you ever heard of basquiat
1: (laughs) baby oh my gosh
3: he was an intersectional motherfucker that's what i can tell you he
1: was one intersectional motherfucker man (laughs) all right back to your story oh right yeah back to my back to my decline and fall um right so uh so i help evan box up his stuff and i say a hearty fuck off to mike covert and take my last trip up to the bronx and there's a few more brutal days of endless fighting and uh trying to get them out and finally they abide um they didn't tell me they had the power put in their name and they had it shut off for two days so I was just kind of like in a, in a fucking like sweaty fugue unsure what to do um They came back, uh, I guess, the second week of July, and we had one last horrible fight, and they threw my phone somewhere, and my father curb-stomped my concussion into the fine parquet floor, so that was re-exacerbated, and um, I woke up and couldn't find my phone, and no one was calling me anyway, and then I tried to plug in my laptop, and that was dead, and the charger seemed to have gone. So I just decided, fuck it, why don't I just go off the grid and just sleep for the next three days. Which I do, and then uh, I finally get enough metal to go to the Apple Store and return part of the Charger, which is a nice little dystopian portrait in this, too. They have, like, guards from Rikers set up at the Apple Store, and they have, like, these unlabeled fever guns that are shaped like guns from the future. And they point them at your head, and it supposedly takes your temperature, but it could be doing anything. They could be, like, testing heart attack guns, and we won't know until, like, two (laughs) weeks from now when I and, like, 300
3: other people drop dead. suddenly and we're all marked as covid deaths you know (laughs) speaking of the heart attack gun i have a little insight about the latest victim later on we can come back to that
1: yeah 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 let's save that nest egg um yeah so i i'm basically just limping around with a concussion i managed to file my divorce and get the restraining order all in order and uh i guess i really underestimated how much people would worry i thought they'd treat it like a cry like a boy who cried wolf situation because i always talk about and i love disappear for a while but um everybody got obscenely worried and apparently in one of my concussion sleeps i slept through the cops banging on my door which i've never gotten the cops to come here like when the aforementioned incidents were happening so I have no idea how they got cops to show up at some guy's door during Corona, but I guess I slept through that and I woke up and everybody was extremely mad at me and very upset. So I just became further isolated. um, And then I, I don't know what's been happening, but I, I like, I'm in like this weird, like complete quarantine isolation fever mess like i've been tested especially after all my homeless incidents um and i'm negative but i'm still like really dizzy and i have like anorexia nervosa the 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 spiciest illness of all and
2: mm-hmm. um
1: uh yeah um so I've just kind of been painfully isolated, uh, rebuilding my shitty home, and uh, sweating and sleeping, and just sort of dizzy and a mess, and um, that is how I ended up here. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> um, Man. If, if I could offer one insight from all of this pain, uh, it would be that... I think quarantine brain is is, is very real. I think we are all experiencing like a collective trauma. And um, Don, I actually quoted you by accident to my shrink. I didn't realize what it was from. And I looked and it's from like a letterbox review that you wrote about a superhero movie about two years ago. But it's something (laughs) to the tune of uh, I feel like sometimes we get so wrapped up in justifying The argument of our points, we forget a much higher unity that lies above us and uh, uh, in the process sort of fall back on warped, outdated perceptions of one another. And I feel like we're more at risk of this than ever, given the ongoing and seemingly endless uh, madness. So I would say um, everyone should be extremely gentle with one another. I I feel like... uh, people are taking their own lives for granted and the fragility of them given the mass death and uh collective trauma occurring around them but uh everything's still just as fragile in light of that perhaps more so so be gentle with each other make an effort sing supreme's ballads to each other in the evening whisper sweet nothings just be very gentle
3: do something constructive with your weekend and i think i think john's parents could take some advice that i believe don also wrote in one of his earlier songs which is no sex no drugs no drinking at least i can fucking
1: (laughs) they could stand to do that because again they are like my troubled latino children like look at me as like a a rundown Latin mother, you know, like they're very troubled, <laughs> but, you know, I still care for me, mi- me you know, so much. And, you know, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're like good friends still, you know, like uh, Evan met them at a show of mine, you know, they're very supportive of my music. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Given that they caused the downward spiral of my life, uh, I suppose we have to cut off ties for a while until the no sex, no drugs, no <laughs> drinking, etc
4: yeah Uh, that's um,
0: crazy man
3: yeah john can i can i ask you a question about your mindset at the time oh yes of course if i can recollect it at all
1: please sweetly would
3: you would you say that after your first concussion you felt something like the original general during the indian mutiny who was an obese man named Hewitt. (laughs) And um, he sent his divisions to the the local prison instead of the Indian parade grounds and was deaf in both ears, basically, so he couldn't hear the rifle fire on the street. And so he just sat around and let the the sepoys take over.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly how I felt it. I would say that I felt... That to a T. I did feel like 300 pounds heavier, and I did feel <laughs> like I was just sort of dragging my corpse around. I sort of still feel that way, but rock bottom is where things happen, you know. That that's, this is where possibility occurs. Lightning may strike yet, and um, I'm glad to have oh. confessed it on a intersectional faith podcast, so you guys can have <laughs> independent prayers for me. That'll do a lot for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for (laughs) outrage here,
3: you know, Expanse, you know. As Klaus Nomi said,
0: lightning is striking. striking. Again! Again, and again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John, have you had, like, medical attention to your... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I had medical
1: attention to the first concussion, and then it's just been hit a bunch more uh so
0: you just kind of did what the the doctor did the first time you know, like oh, i know how this goes
1: i'll just go to sleep a lot and hope it's better yeah i hope i'm not bleeding in my skull i hope i'm i hope i'm not incoherent and insane i'm, I'm sane in my head right now this no is... you,
0: you're fine yeah you okay
1: good yeah. i'm cohesive that's the that's all i can hope for in this state
0: yeah well i i, I don't know what to say that's that's really horrible man i'm <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget that that higher
1: unity as as Don wrote on his famous Wonder Woman song. Let's let's, <laughs> let's not forget the unity above us people. I have experienced the luxury domestic bliss of quarantine and the crushing isolation and sometimes homelessness side of quarantine and I would say the first one is much better. Everybody cling to your happiness like it's like it's going away
4: yeah well in the uh jason lee in the movie uh vanilla sky he said you got to have the sour with the sweet so uh, <laughs> i think that, uh, oh. <laughs> that was a good insight
3: <laughs> were you guys aware that they make watermelon flavored sour patch kids now Didn't didn't they always i feel like there was a lighter
1: hued red sour patch kid
3: that was uh, dragon fruit.
1: Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was actually jackfruit. Right, I forgot.
0: I saw something on Twitter like a. There's a big Sour Patch Kids store opening up in New York. Like all these places yeah. are closing down, and they opened Yeah, like like very recently, they opened a huge like a mega store up front. Oh, for, it's very weird leo when My you idea. finally
1: make it up here we should do like a riot tour we should bust that down and then we should go to the m&m store where they have like the zionist israel fucking glass m&ms should hurl that into the streets make a big tour of it i wonder what yeah. the
0: insurance policy is on that store though you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. I wonder yeah. if that's oh, the whole deal. Like you set up this big target and it's yeah. like, oh man, I hope nothing happens to my nice store full of candy.
3: <laughs> the the insurance policy is great. I used to build out those stores and, and manage them. And I tell you, insurance it costs a lot. I thankfully I wasn't paying for it. But um I'm really excited for the, the Star of David shape. Uh, Sour Patch Kid, and also for the the Puerto Rican Day flag red, white, and blue Sour Patch Kid yeah. from the, the Manhattan Sour Patch so Yeah, for, I think those are going to be big sellers. Yeah,
1: Latinx candy that's the next thing, man.
3: G, G <laughs> that's,
1: that's with an X at the beginning, folks. So he's being very
3: woke. <laughs> I woke I woke so many times last night I feel like I, I can't even watch T V because there's not enough representation of just various people that I couldn't even <laughs> name. Like for one thing. And you couldn't um, name them because
1: of T V. Yeah, it's the only that's the only people we have to blame.
3: You have so many people in the Lucknow, well the former Lucknow residency, who just they don't get a platform like your your David Corden's and why? Why not? They're funnier than he is. Wait, is it David or is it James Corden? The the fat fellow always wears yeah. a polo I think shirt. I it's James.
2: Yeah. I hate that guy.
3: That guy. Every I, time, yeah. Every time I see that guy, I want to cut him down with a cavalry saber. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've only seen him for like a couple minutes, maybe total, just like here and there. I think I saw him do like a hot ones interview or something like that you know that youtube show but he he just seems like pure l.a slime you know what i mean like just hollywood uh no personality no oh, story, yeah you know
3: yeah he's vacuous and apparently he's a he's a dickhead to the the backstage people on the show
0: well he's just imitating ellen or whatever i guess that's how they do it
4: yeah, yeah baby. ellen, it you ellen molested it. me baby yeah. I don't I can we cut the stuff about Ellen because uh, I'm trying to get, you know Oh yeah let's to get staff writer position. Market my mark it, yeah. cut it. <laughs> Mark Market <it> and <laughs> cut it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um,
3: that, Ellen, Ellen's best guess ever was that uh that little boy who said uh literally and actually and uh basically he's like basically I live in three towns. That kid's great. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> I like that
0: one kid that was like a country singer or something. He was like singing in Walmart and he went on there. I thought that was cool. Oh. I hat. love yeah.
3: I love when you find a, a, like a video of a 13-year-old Country Western, like a fiddle player or something, and he's just the nerdiest kid in the world with his big, like, half-crooked glasses because he sat on them, wearing his little suit, and he's got the the nerdy little boy grin just from ear to ear, and he's like, "Hi, my name is David William. I'm gonna play Tristan on." the the rain tops and he
0: goes (laughs) I I just
3: love the, the face of the young musician on television
0: yeah remember when they had that Steven Paddock thing on there you guys remember um, this after the the the, when they the Las Vegas shooting, the,
3: the Stephen Paddock shooting, because it was planned to see the operation. <laughs> yeah, the he was so a gun runner, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know the
0: full story. We actually should do an episode about that at some point. Uh, Mike yeah. is really into all that. I have some good <laughs> intel to offer
1: on that. I. I heard he was removed from his first hotel room for uh, practicing on the bathroom. He was just firing rounds into the toilet, (laughs) standing (laughs) at the wall, and said, Sir, you can't do this here. You'll have to find another hotel to conduct the world's largest mass shooting. I'm sorry.
0: I understood. That's fair. Fair is fair. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like after the shooting, they had uh, some sort of interview on Ellen, which was like the official police explanation of it. And it was like a completely humorless like it wasn't some sort of you know you know ellen style thing it was almost like this like press conference style thing where they were just like this is how it happened this is you know (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) very weird yeah and that was the only place that like an interview like that took place like they chose ellen i I guess because it's like a big show or something but that's very bizarre
4: in in the crowd, each like guest got like uh under their chair like a full report on the situation or whatever, you know, like a five hundred page <laughs> and a shell from the from the scene. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was
3: like the infamous blue book, but this one had a magenta cover.
4: Yeah, and there, yeah, people just did you cheering guys, like you wild. Did You guys ever
3: hear the the conspiracy theory that um lincoln i mean not lyndon johnson ducked before the the shooting at dealey plaza because he was part of the conspiracy to kill jfk
0: i have heard that he was he was made aware of it i think that's actually pretty well confirmed but
3: um yeah the like the theory is that some texas oil men wanted to get rid of him and um the cia obviously dulles and the cia did because he was curtailing their power and they had a ton of expendable cubans to use and they had this sheep dip double agent guy in Oswald. Or I mean, yeah, in Oswald to be the fall guy, but uh, back that's to the not show. what I
1: heard in the official Allen press conference about <laughs> JFK assassination. I'm going to have to say <laughs> this is all news to me.
3: The thing is that when the the Sepoy mutiny happened, they uh, they <laughs> entrenched <laughs> themselves to, to to against British counterattack and. Lyndon Johnson entrenched himself in the Vietnam War. That's my opinion.
1: That's fact.
4: Um, I'm just going to run to the washrooms quickly. Sorry. Um, If you guys want to take me too, too. I'll be right
3: back.
1: okay. Okay. Everybody's taking a break. How you doing, Tom? You still in quarantine heaven? Oh nothing yeah I hell, it. yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I feel bad for you. I'm that. like this is why we need a thousand year quarantine you know everyone just <laughs> never go outside nothing bad can ever happen, <laughs> yeah, you and
1: I were both shamelessly posting, egging on a second wave you now here I am washed up in the middle of this, yeah, are you gonna be all right like you
0: you doing okay with everything
1: um i'm I'm holding up okay um I uh i am kind of physically debilitated but still like drywalling my apartment and making it nice even though no one comes here except the cops apparently <laughs> you gotta make it nice for them you know <laughs> gotta make it nice for the nypd you know our boys in blue they know? appreciate a good drywall job <laughs> they do i can't have the place looking nasty for the boys you know, yeah. <laughs> but um
0: well you'll yeah. heal up you know all that kind of stuff i i imagine will we'll get better yeah. every day you know
1: yeah and i think folks will turn around i imagine they're all listening to this in like a forrest gump cinematic situation <laughs> <laughs> seeing the breadth of my tragedy and clutching their hearts fondly uh, Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no don't be ashamed of your quarantine heaven just just keep it rolling that's, oh, that's yeah, I'm, I'm not saying.
0: ashamed at all. I, I, I'm <laughs> trying to, like, spread the good news and get everyone else on board. Everyone's talking about, like, I know you you had a, a genuinely traumatic experience over the past <laughs> month or so, so, like, you know, th- nothing against that, but people are talking about, oh, I haven't been able to go out to eat for, for a few months, and now it's <laughs> yeah. torturing me, like, just enjoy this like yeah no yeah shut down
1: yeah fuck your goddamn you know outdoor dinner i have fucking had my life stripped because of the quarantine (laughs) you bastards
0: (laughs) yeah well you know um i was going to mention this earlier but there's a, a hadith that says that god tries the ones he loves most like the he the ones who god loves most is, are the ones that he tries the most. Right? Oh so, hell
1: yeah, yeah! This is what I came here for. I was looking for agents of God to offer me wisdom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a uh, a very popular line in the Quran, and it's one of the only lines that j- just repeats like immediately after, like there's a refrain, and it says that after hardship comes ease. After hardship comes ease. So yeah. I think you got the hardship yeah. covered yeah
1: definitely and i have gone from hardship to ease that was episode one to two now i'm hoping (laughs) pimp chronicles guest episode three to four is my next come up yeah yeah got the got the blessings of muslim tom and and his holiness don
3: you know that's that's a lot to have behind you
0: yeah inshallah
3: inshallah inshallah and felix said he would shout us out once we got our thing running, so. yeah, yeah, nice.
1: we we definitely should have it soon because uh, I need to fill my hours with something. <laughs> and we were working on it. We 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 have been scripting uh, a few things. We're trying to uh, up the production values and up the efforts and try to make something out of it. I guess
3: john's got all the the engineer gear and we just went we want a ton of drops i want more drops <laughs> it's then Charlemagne and air horns. i want to be like there's many a slip from lip to cup uh, <laughs> i want to play the roy jones rap song where he says remember when i beat jane Tony by moving just like a game cock. y'all must have forgot. <laughs> forgot.
2: Ding,
3: ding, ding, ding. Y'all yeah, have yeah, there's gonna be a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. yeah. It's gonna be chaos. I am back. Oh, welcome, welcome
4: back. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you wanna jump back <laughs> <Shit>. in or <laughs> Oh, we're we're
1: deep in the
0: waters, baby. We are. We yeah, are I, don't, I don't even it. know okay, what we okay. were talking about when we left <laughs> off. So I don't know. Maybe we'll just keep that in. We we're, were talking
4: about. We were talking about Ellen and. Uh, oh right. And her uh, investigative journalism.
0: Yeah, whatnot. I guess she's in trouble now for being mean. Yeah.
1: Another powerful thought, woman taken thought, down.
3: Yeah, she seems to be like a
4: sociopath
1: uh, no. type.
3: Legitimately, yes.
4: I used to love her comedy as, like, a kid, like, a, as, like, stand-up stuff. I just, like, thought it was the best ever. And uh, eventually I figured out it's just her doing, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Bob. Oh, I don't know. Not Wood. Something Wood. Uh, I can't remember his name. The, uh, uh,
0: I, I think I know who you're talking about. Um,
4: it's like, there's, like, a he had his own TV show. I can't remember. Bob Newhart? Of, oh, man. Bob Newhart. Yeah, Hart. Bob Newhart. So, so anyways, if if you if you listen to her comedy it's just the exact same as she's just ripping off bob newhart 100%. Jesus. and uh which I don't, but uh i mean like the 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 way she does it and stuff like her characteristics and whatever but like uh anyways but but i but i still love it like at some level like i just i'll always love that comedy no matter how many times she swore at time <laughs> or whatever so yeah that's my um yeah so I don't do you want to, Leo? Do you want your tales of woe, or <laughs> you, okay, just do yeah, it. No, I, yeah, don't I don't know if
0: you can well. follow
3: that. <laughs> I think I, I think I'll save my tale of woe. There's, there's a little too much police involvement at the moment.
1: Oh yeah, sure. I have the blessing okay. of my parents sure. not knowing how to use computers, so I doubt this will <laughs> ever reach
4: them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but John too, like you. I I always feel like you know, Tom asked about the medical stuff. I always feel weird asking that as Canadian because it's like you know, we get like uh, like in New York are there like clinics you can go to just follow up on some of the stuff or is it oh yeah like, no there are very uh, loaded
1: nightmare. like yeah, nine okay. hour wait free clinics but they do yeah exist. Doctor Covert <laughs> yeah they're they're mostly for women and yeah, children yeah. but uh, they they allow scoundrels like me. Um I'll be okay. I have the blessings if you can't win behind me, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very powerful prayers
1: coming your way. (laughs) Powerful prayers. During my brief homeless stint, um, I encountered this strange Haitian man named uh, Elaine. And uh, I asked him for a light and I immediately noticed he was wearing like a like a World Catholic Organization Fund hat that was very bright green and white. And uh, he immediately introduced himself by, uh, and I want to steal this, he, like, apologized for having a very high IQ, so, like, <laughs> his, his, his wisdoms might pass <laughs> yeah, over my head, yeah. um, which he had a lot. He, he said yeah. he worked at the largest bank in New York, which I guess is J.P. Morgan, but he wouldn't name it, and he said that despite working with the 99% Jewish colleagues, he never felt outcast for being a black Catholic man. Um, which I found heartening. Uh, he also told me a, a phrase that I really liked. Uh, I said something that he found incredulous, and he said, um, "You're you're definitely not six o'clock, but you're not quite seven thirty. So I guess that <laughs> okay. means you know six o'clock is totally sane <laughs> yeah. and normal, and then seven thirty is completely insane. Which I think is uh, is pretty decent labeling, actually." that's when the zombies
0: come out in haiti i guess or
1: something (laughs) yeah yeah that's when those haitian zombies come out for their creole (laughs) ceremony
3: (laughs) oh speaking speaking of zombies and um other african indigenous religions the heart attack gun i'm sad to say has recently been used on a on a hero of mine you might know him as kamala the ugandan giant oh rest in peace yeah to die exactly mm-hmm. one day before Kamala Harris's candidacy was announced.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's you think
0: insane. they were gonna uh that they were actually gonna pick him and then uh... <laughs> Yeah,
1: he was the first Kamala, yeah. <laughs>
3: and then yeah, then they, they realized they, he's they need, like they, an they needed period. a Kamala they reached out to him. <laughs> but then her people who are yeah, yeah, yeah. down low, they're very shady people, they said, Oh, you can't have a vice president who only communicates in moans, not understanding that that's simply a character. <laughs> they, and they said, We can't have a vice president who carries a fetish stick <laughs> for his rituals. And they said, No, that's part of his character. Didn't matter. They hit him with the heart attack gun, and the world lost a wonderful, wonderful man by the name of James Arthur Harris. Go to hell, Kamala. <laughs>
2: the other Kamala that is, the, his, the his last Kamala. Name is literally <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> it's a shame it's just a shame a I shame. wish they would use that heart attack on yeah. people like Jeff Bezos or General Mattis or even the Queen of England I think she it's her time
0: to go yeah, yeah. why is she still around how much adrenochrome I think th- is she on
3: yeah, <laughs> a lot. I mean, a lot. They they had a whole children's hospital for molesting kids, so they probably stockpiled it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they the whole situation it. with that in the UK is, it's incredible. Like, the, if you start looking into that, it's it'll, you know, you'll spend the rest of your life digging around. Because yeah. it's like every it's, little it's, school and every charity and all. It's Oh, it's yeah. Insane. Jimmy
1: Savile is just the tip. It's insane. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
4: So the next two hours we might do of the show on uh, the Kamala Harris pick and, uh, you know, uh, the ins and outs of that. And we'll kind of game out over the next, you know, all the elections. You
0: know, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic general. about uh, <laughs> Harris. I mean, I,
4: I, I still think
0: Trump is going to win. I, I don't think any of this stuff matters until like November. And then Trump will just be like, hey, everybody, another twelve hundred bucks. And then. Uh, oh, yeah. He's going to he's going to buy the
3: votes and it's going to work. Yeah. There, there's a rumor that it's it's going to be seventeen hundred this time. And there you honestly, go. Honestly, if if he sends me seventeen hundred, and promises to stop destroying the post office, I'd vote for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to vote, but yeah, I I would feel happy about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you would support him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, but if if it is Biden and Harris, I kinda like having this like super cop lady in charge, cause then uh thousand year quarantine, you know, I think she would be up for it.
1: Yeah, quarantine cops, total
3: fucking RoboCop zone. I'm <laughs> really into it, yeah. Oh, did you guys see the King of Qatar's Qatar's new uh robot bodyguard who has a <laughs> oh, integrated yeah. pistol? He's, he's like nine he's yeah, like yeah, nine yeah. feet tall and he walks with a swagger and a cape. <laughs>
0: yeah with an uncanny
1: swagger one might say yeah yeah i was really impressed fear (laughs) shook my body yeah
3: who do you want to shoot you for breaking quarantine a a humble man uh some 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 thug or a brilliantly programmed robotic bodyguard (laughs) the size of a
0: of a holstein cow <laughs> I hope they like have some really witty like one-liners programmed in after he mercs somebody. Just like have a nice day or whatever, you know. Salam <laughs> S- S- alaikum. <laughs> <laughs> I love those uh, those golf monarchies because you could have said anything and exaggerated to the point of just absurdity. I mean, that's already absurd, but like you know, as much as you can imagine, and it would be completely believable. You know, like there, you can't. Like, outdo the absurdity of what they do. It's (laughs)
3: fantastic. One of those princes made a a replica of a jeep that actually drives the size of, like, three office parks stacked on one another. They just have fun out there with their their
4: limitless money and their slaves.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they have
4: fun. What was the name of that, like, city that they're going to build of the future? Whatever in Saudi Arabia. Neos or something? Neom, I think. Neo, Neom? like Neo yeah, yeah. with uh, like a biome for yeah. Neos or something. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> she... yeah. 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 I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. I don't know. That's that. That is a good. I don't know. I, maybe they had quarantine brain before us because they're like in like just uh, their own little bubbles in, the, in yeah. Saudi Arabia and stuff. So just been <laughs> spinning out and they like someone gave them. 10 billion dollars and they're like you know what <laughs> we should build neom in the desert <laughs> we're like okay i guess I've, i guess so some, some friend
3: of the prince or some prince must have gone to a european architecture school because the rhetoric rhetoric is exactly that it's like neom is a cognitive city it's a bold and audacious <laughs> dream <laughs>
0: uh, yeah i mean i don't know those guys have some kind of future sight they're so deeply spiritual and religious you know they're really tuned into the logic of the universe i (laughs) understand how things are playing out they're like 50 years ahead of everybody
3: well you can't mess with success
1: no you can't especially not with a nine foot bodyguard standing (laughs) (laughs) by
3: the truth about neom is that if you're gonna if you're gonna get a citizenship pass you're gonna be engaging with pioneering community of dreamers and doers <laughs> the fact is neom is an accelerator of human progress <laughs> being built from the ground up as a living laboratory a place where entrepreneurship will chart the course for a new future it's a lifestyle experience en- yeah oh yeah and if you're not engaging with that uh what are you engaging with,
0: huh? Man, I can't wait till Americans start getting shipped out there to live in shipping containers and stuff to like do graphic design and stuff for like <laughs> <be> <laughs> startups and stuff. <laughs> like living next oh, yeah. to some Indian family. Send me out there,
1: baby. Ship me to Neo. I will volunteer.
0: You can do the music you, you, at some strip mall. You have over there. to. Uh,
3: you have to design the the arm graphics of the long sleeve tee of some saudi prince's streetwear line <laughs> yeah <laughs> sign me up man. i will put I graffiti all over his shirt mm, graffiti it's such an interesting art form i think we should put it everywhere yeah
1: i'd i'd like a graffito and at, at my own personal home I I'd, I'd like graffiti murals of Andy Warhol surrounding me and looking down at me in my room at all hours of the day
3: <laughs> I one of the the worst albums I ever listened to was uh oh god what was it called um so I talk about something else for a second while I look this up
1: are you thinking of songs for drella
3: no, "Songs for Joy is a goddamn terrible album. It's really horrible. Yeah, it's like a,
1: it's a musical made in homage to Andy Warhol by John Cale and Lou Reed, but it's like just really embarrassing, and like the songs are all like, like comical caricatures of like musical type sing songy garbage, like "When You're Growing Up in a Small Town," when you're growing up in a small town, like. <laughs> Oh,
3: okay, Here, here's what it is. It's called Cronenberg on Warhol and it's a two CD album and it's just got David Cronenberg basically saying Andy was a guy who didn't love the spotlight. He'd love to sit back and then there'd be a there'd be a guest that would be like, Hey, I'm David Allen Greer from In Living Color and <laughs> inspired me so much when i saw that painting i thought anything is possible and um they then there was the song flaming star by elvis presley it was it's just an unexplainable <laughs> cultural <laughs> artifact
0: <laughs> wow andy warhol would definitely work for like the saudis or the emiratis or something today oh, oh yeah yeah
3: he would he'd get like the um the calligraphy with the lion and the sword, and you put that on a big digital display that would ripple, it would be uh, fantastic.
1: <laughs> I kind of like Andy Warhol from the perspective as like, so, so he he started off actually as a really sincere artist, and his first drawings were like, like very earnest, like homoerotic ink drawings that MoMA turned down. And it was only after this that he started doing like the opposite like like the opposite of like traditional American masculine uh abstract expressionism, which was like a little frilly gay boy, you know, doing like Campbell's soup crap and stuff from his advertising portfolio. So like looking at him as just like a like a wounded prissy guy who decided to get back at the art world by Fucking it up for several decades, I think makes him a more
0: sympathetic character. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 that
0: that uh, yeah, that's more appealing to me. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, he just wanted vengeance.
0: I feel
3: like Andy Warhol would redesign the the Saudi national costume as well as the army uniforms, and it would be like a a really interesting mix of of high technology and traditional arab looks and they would like it would, they would they'd have a lot of pr photos with them in them, and people would be like "Hmm, oh, that's the place where everybody looks so interesting <laughs> it can't be so bad <laughs> as they send another uh, assassin team to chop somebody up
1: <laughs> they really do need like a hugo boss i feel like they
3: could, they could get away with more if they just looked a bit more appealing yeah yeah that that ultimate Decadence look where they don't do any manual labor at all and just relax on silk and the face just kind of floats out in every direction. <laughs> yeah, toad, it's so like you're a ghost toad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: The uh, mm. I I don't know what you would call this. It's sort of it's not the like the robey kind of thing, but it's a little bit more like a shalwar kameez type thing. It's like more fitted. That looks mm-hmm. pretty good to me. I think that's a pretty especially like in the heat
3: it's it's not a bad look yeah especially you put some leggings with that that go into a like a fancy sandal right and you need some great (laughs) headgear and you gotta get the main thing that you have to do is find those all the old clerics who send out the fat laws about ever trimming your beard they got to get rid of the neck beard i mean i think salman gets that because he goes with just the stubble
0: yeah yeah much more appealing so with with those guys they're probably the the whole like not shaving it at all or not trimming it or whatever i think that's based on like they they're supposed to like don't touch it at all because that's like what the kuffar do or whatever um but the traditional fic will allow you and i think it actually recommends that you actually shave the neck so you know just return to tradition yeah return to tradition i've
3: been saying it and i'm not gonna stop
0: (laughs) they love their baseball caps though that's something i've noticed i was watching this uh, (laughs) youtube this guy traveling around saudi arabia and stuff Uh, actually it's a really good channel it's called visual poet one i think he's he's an african guy and he like goes around the middle east and he's especially interested in like different like african descendant communities in different places um, but he was, you know, going to the, this place and that place in Saudi Arabia, and all the rich guys have like these stupid little baseball caps on. It says like you know some sports car brand or something. They just love, like, yeah, like Yankee did yeah. it. They love
3: the red. They love the red Ferrari cap that you get when you buy the car. Right? Yeah,
0: that's probably what that is. It's like a status symbol. That's sort of like modest in a way, you know.
3: Yeah, you see that on American Rich Guys a lot. You'll see them. It's like, oh, this is just a down-to-earth working class hat. Wait a minute. There's a luxury supercar logo (laughs) on that thing. Yeah,
4: Or like the Patagonia sweater, and then you, like, look carefully, and it's, like, got the little logo that says, like, J.P. Morgan, like, CEO or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. It's it's
3: insidious. Um, if you ever look at the, uh, I, I'm sorry. I keep talking about the the sepoy mutiny in, in, <laughs> in India. But the, the British East India Company, like your cavalry officers, say like the Punjab cavalry, they dress like Genghis Khan but with a British hat. And I feel like that that endears people. Like they think it endears them to the locals. Like oh, I'm mostly dressed like a one you know. normal guys <laughs> but really it just, it just marks them as as comically apart <laughs>
0: i've been telling dave he got you know that's not how people dress over there but he just loves it too much <laughs>
4: <laughs> i think that most of andy warhol's art is probably over there now right like it's probably in dubai or something right. and like on the wall of like a subway sandwich shop or something you know? so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, those are those are the those are the prints. The originals are all in Swiss freeports. Oh right, yeah, exactly. Purposes. Yeah, <laughs> smart move. There was a guy who actually invented the freeport. Uh, that's pretty clever. When you're just sitting around, how can I? How can I help rich people not pay taxes? I'll invent a, a totally new concept of an inland
4: freeport. Yeah. Um, I I find that whole that whole thing of just storing art just like for tax purposes and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It, it seems like creepy at some level. Like, you know, just it's just all sitting there. Like It's all these portraits of people from like 1700 or something, you know, and just sitting there yeah, somewhere. It's, it's
3: really uncanny, uncanny, uncanny to turn uh, what's supposed to be the ultimate human expression into the same thing as like grain sitting in a silo on the commodities market. <laughs> <work. laughs>
0: Yeah. that would be a good heist caper to like run off with a container of those
3: oh yeah that would be wonderful
0: maybe on a future episode we'll figure that <laughs>
3: out. on a future <laughs> episode we plan a we'll live the- stream it geneva freeport yeah, yeah. yeah that's the come up man our big heist our big comeback <laughs> <laughs> remember when they couldn't find that that fake da vinci the christ the redeemer thing that sold for the record amount and it turned out it was on uh ben salman's boat it, he just hung it up on his boat. <laughs> it was supposed it was supposed to go to the louvre Abu dhabi which is a ridiculous museum but yeah he just put it up on his boat
0: yeah those guys have too much fun <laughs>
3: They really do. I mean, there weren't sandals for the most parts of the fume breeze. <laughs> yeah, <A> lot, <laughs> yeah they're just in the mild best. paradise all the time. <laughs> Saudi princes are a lot like Jimmy uh, Jimmy Buffett fans, except they you know their their uh, personal wealth is in the eight or nine figures instead of six. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, sandals instead of Crocs. Mm, beach living,
3: rum drinks. Du-du-du-du. Ethiopian slave wife <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh there's a free port in Morocco called the Tangier Exportation Free Zone I don't know if you guys have heard much about this but the uh, the Euro uh, industrialists especially the car makers they, they signed a, a free trade deal with Algeria and Morocco the German government did and so now a lot of German car parts are made for very low wages in Algeria and Morocco. So you can you can thank the kings for uh, helping the stock price of BMW. <laughs> Standing <laughs> on the so
1: shoulders moderate, of kings,
0: baby. He's such a good moderate
3: leader. He's moderate as hell. Yeah. You don't have to roll hash to make a living. You can sit here stamping out plastic doors for the that little bmw space car
0: yeah they do have a lot of hash and stuff over there right they have like mountains that are just covered yeah they
3: basically every valley is uh, irrigated and they grow they grow hash there it's it's weird in europe it's really hard to get bud but it's really easy to get hash
1: yeah, yeah. When I was living in Europe, you could only get like trash weed with seeds in it that
3: had been stored in the back of like
1: a convenience store for a while. But hash was was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: India was like that too.
3: Apparently, uh, Hezbollah in the the Beka Valley said they're said to grow really good hash, like premium hash. Ooh. I mean, just another reason to support them. <laughs> yeah, Actually, I was going to say. I had a block put on my, my bank account because I sent, uh, Elijah Manjine, if you guys follow the, any of the, like the war news in the, the middle East, he's connected with all the, the top Hezbollah people and top Iraqi people. And I just, I sent him like 10 bucks. So we could keep reporting and my bank account got flagged. Like I was funding.
0: Terrorists. Oh, really? <laughs> <wild>. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> You should be able to send anybody lunch money, I think. Like, ten I bucks agree. isn't going to anything.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't even build a roadside bomb for
0: ten bucks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, buy a couple those, guys a shawarma. Like, what's the big deal?
3: Yeah. The only time weapons were that cheap was during the um, American invasion of Iraq. Saddam emptied out, you know, hundreds of millions of tons of weapons and just kind of put them along the road so people could cache them away.
1: <laughs> Everything the must changes, go. <laughs> like like
3: uh, Tommy Franks and General Mattis were like, no, just ignore those. They won't matter because we're going to tactically win with ultimate force. <laughs> yes. So the, the, the insurgency just had all these free weapons to take. It was... It was great. That's kind of like when they
0: set out the bricks during the protests and stuff. (laughs) Exactly.
3: I don't think there's any decadence or decline in American military leadership. (laughs) Actually, but the Syrians fucked up in the same way, but it wasn't quite as much their fault because half the army was in mutiny and like a quarter got paid off and they had these massive depots that just got turned over to Al Qaeda.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, do you guys want to see what the listeners have sent us for questions this week? Sure. Yeah. Sounds sure. good. All right. Let's take a look. Uh, all right. So if Attila, the Hun had not died prematurely, do you think he would have gone on to abandon paganism and possibly convert to Christianity or Islam? i i
3: don't know he was he was a little bit more hardcore than the rest of the guys but it seems like if you need to rule a settled population and you're not just gonna leave like leave the locals in charge like the mongols did in china and mesopotamia you eventually have to at least pretend to convert to deal with all these settled farmers because they just they're not going to understand your crazy pagan animist beliefs and they're going to get upset.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He also died like 200 years before Islam. So that was probably. Yeah. I mean, Attila (laughs) Muhammad.
3: What's the difference? (laughs) The difference is that Muhammad did not alter his teeth to be pointy. And he did not have a skull shaped like a corn cob due to being strapped to boards as a baby like Attila.
0: Reportedly did. Well, that's one of the reasons Islam was revealed, you know, to fix things like that. Yeah. The, to fix the One of the heads. best parts
3: of, of the Holy Quran, said, they said, no, I mean, you don't even know what maze is. It's across the ocean, so stop making your head shake. Like <laughs>
4: <that."> <laughs> It'd be good if there is some, like, alternate universe, though, where, like, pillow 1 and, like, paganism, some strange syncretic whatever became like the dominant religion it's just like a utopia because like all the (laughs) all all the like witches and stuff are in power and they're like you know the people that right now have to work as like movie review journalists are now you know the presidents and or like i don't know what they would be called probably like queen witch or whatever you know so yeah power (laughs)
2: <laughs>
3: We'd have
4: ritual sacrifices
3: that that work much better than like press conferences and yeah. when you're military conferences you'd have <laughs> you'd have you'd sacrifice a few thousand people and figure out how the bones foretold you know yeah. that I think that's reasonable now yeah I think I stand behind AI that too yeah they they say they have all these AI models and spatial intelligence but what it comes down to is like fred kaplan's nephew writing a paper at the american friendship peace think tank and they just do whatever is in that no matter how stupid
2: it is
0: <laughs> well the, the thing about all that kind of like mesopotamian paganism and stuff it looks good on paper but in practice it just doesn't work you know it doesn't fit with human nature yeah
3: i believe michael jackson had a little song about that his question was why <laughs> why why tell this human nature <laughs> uh
0: all right next question here when will you guys read kurdish leader abdullah ojalan so that you are no longer ignorant stooges I guess soon. Jesus Christ. This is a <laughs> lacerating question. <laughs> yeah, that could be a fun episode, I think. What do you think, Don?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't he like somehow indirectly based on Murray Bookchin or whatever, that anarchist guy? Yeah. I don't know. That's his that was his base, although
3: I don't know if it was under pressure from the security forces, but he sort of renounced the democratic anarchism and he said that I don't know, like, voting was the way to go in the future. I don't exactly understand the story on that.
0: Don't they kind of, like, rebrand their whole ideology, like, every five, ten years or so?
3: Yeah, I mean, so I guess you need to do that when you got the gray wolves on your tail and you're always just trying to pretend to be somebody else so you won't get your head blown out yeah. in the nighttime. They're
0: always, like, changing the flags and stuff whenever, like, some ambassador from a superpower visits. To like, oh, we love democracy. Like, <laughs> okay, Americans gone, Russians coming. Oh, we love communism, you
2: know.
1: <laughs> That's a nice, whimsical way to live life, you know? I think I stand behind that.
3: I think it was it was funny what the infamous brace Belden said about Kurdistan or the, the 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 PKK area not the not the Barzani Talibani clan uh, kleptocracy Kurdistan but he said it was basically just a Stalinist yeah, yeah, state everything was, everything was everything is run by the top-down state control yeah, and that's all right that works all right no problem yeah like that. yeah
4: it was one of those situations where People overseas are reading all these things being like, oh, yeah, it's like a anarchist collective and everyone agrees on everything and it's perfectly. And then he's like, no, 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 that's not that's not what they did. You can't like you can't you can't run a war by, uh, you know, I don't know, like defunding yeah. the police in, in Kurdistan or whatever. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, um, other than sex, what's something that you won't pay for?
3: Uh razor blades. Oh yeah, just... Wait, where
0: do you get razor blades? At the store.
3: you don't just pay them money for them.
0: <laughs> You're the reason I have to
1: buzz an alarm at Walgreens to get blade <laughs> refills, you son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that.
3: What about you, John? What what shall you never pay for a game i'm struggling to think
1: of something i wouldn't waste my money on i I, i've really thrown it at everything at this
3: point with great satisfaction um how how about horse milk the huns like to drink a lot of horse milk would you pay for that i mean get it free
1: i mean through through force would would i would i fight the huns (laughs)
3: No, no, you can just get it from any old horse. You don't
1: oh, need to oh, travel. Oh, yeah, you're saying go to the source, yeah. Well, yeah, That that's that's horse milk for life. I'm definitely picking option B there.
4: So, yeah, horse milk, I guess that's my answer. Thank you, Leo. Um, I would say for myself, uh, I won't buy gifts off uh, women's Amazon wish list. <laughs> I, like, I feel like there was like a certain point where I could have gone down that road pretty easily. I could have just ended up being oh, one of those no. guys that's like, Buying oh, fridges yeah. for people or something, and then instead, that's you your, know, that's your sweet
1: road not taken. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I feel so bad for those guys because the response they get is, Ooh, thank you, sweetie. That's so nice. And then, like, uh, instant message closed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: uh, my Amazon wish list recoil this rifle. Kamala Harris's personal cell phone number so that I can triangulate. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing incriminating. Um, Some turkey sticks with high protein content. Um, a couple of guitar picks. Yeah. Oh, man. Get, imagine playing a guitar without a pick. Your fingers Dude, yeah. are going to be sore the next day. Well, let me tell you.
1: that's another aphorism from the master
0: (laughs) all right next question here do you guys think big dave will be able to arrest alan dershowitz
1: yeah i have every faith in big dave for sure i
3: believe he's he got the bulk to take dershowitz down dershowitz he's a weak man big dave he's a he's a heavy man but you can tell he carries it well so if he's just gonna rush him and say pin him against the wall there's no way dershowitz slimes his way out of that yeah that's an easy citizen right there Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i think it's all about the infiltration you know how how does he get to alan dershowitz you know i hear he's been training yeah i think the
3: easiest way would just be like, uh, you would stage a, a campus talk where you, you're like saying, "Israel, the land of justice and peace, <laughs> and the the prosperity For of sure. Palestinians." And uh, once you get boycotted, you call Alan Dershowitz. You have a protester hit you in the face. You get a big black eye and like a bloody lip. You put that on social media. Unless you get through to him. And then when you have a meeting in his office with his big, you know, his his overstuffed leather chair. You just cross the desk, you knock him out of the chair, you use the chair to hold him down, and then he's yours to do whatever you want to.
4: (laughs) I would kind of worry that he'd be some off, like, in some sort of, like, industrial site. Like, just, like, like, in some nerve center of it, and it's just, like, there's, like, you know, all the steel being made and all that kind of stuff, and then... Like guys with rifles everywhere, just like hundreds of them. <laughs> yeah, men on catwalks with automatic <laughs> yeah, yeah. shotguns. Yeah, and then uh, so Big Dave would have to kind of swoop in with the rest oh. of us, and we'd have to clear. We'd house, have to so. battle
3: through through waves of guards, and then like his second in <laughs> command is this this massive IDF guy, and he's got cybernetic
0: eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Big Dave would just like this array of guards would form a formation in front of him like ready to take him out and he would just point to them and say who care and then be like <laughs> looking at each other and like yeah he's got a point and they all just abandon their post and he walked right into the office
2: yeah.
3: it's so important to keep your post
0: um okay here it says is frequent uh ycw guest ed buck doing a bit uh, I will say that, no, he's not doing a bit. He is that insane and misanthropic. That's that's who he is. Yeah, he's constantly yeah. arguing Just, with people. I think it's authentic. I think it's yeah. deeply authentic.
3: Oh, yeah. Like, out- outside of people who make the, the fast food parking lot YouTube videos, he's probably one of the most hateful men in America who isn't, like, a military general. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and That's why we love him, you know? Uh, ba- basically we have to do this show and have them like have this outlet or else someone's gonna die you know it's kind of <laughs> yeah he's kind of holding so. you guys hostage too yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so w- we appreciate that people are listening and kind of uh you know keeping that at bay
3: it's a lot like how um pablo escobar had his own personal tv reporter and he any, if anybody else came around he'd shoot them but he would he would tell her his, his innermost thoughts in exchange for sex and, and favorable coverage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is drinking directly out of a blender cool, or is it just a little too gross?
3: I think it's cool. I think. I mean, yeah, it's all right. A lot of blenders, they don't really have much of a, a lip, so you're going to dribble yeah. your, your yeah. smoothie right down your shirt. I guess if you're shirtless, you're doing some nude bodybuilding yeah. and you just want to chug the protein, that's fine. Otherwise I say get yourself a nice a nice glass. Nice glass or cup, yeah. Yeah. Oh use a cup. Some people some people use glasses. Actually, my I to make fun of my girlfriend briefly the other day she asked me for a glass cup and I thought that was <laughs> cool. thought that, that is was the glass's full name actually <laughs> yeah. it's like
1: Frankenstein's
3: monster yeah yeah the glass cup it also sounds like the award between two like low level. English football teams. Every <laughs> year they play for the yeah, yeah, yeah. Chatter and Heathstead. Yeah, yeah. The Glass Cup, of course, created by local glass magnet George H. Harloway, <laughs> whose glass factory
4: was exported <laughs> to India in 1981.
0: Uh, this question says: Have either of you ever been to Texas? If so, was it nice? Uh, speaking of Texas, we are thinking about moving the podcast down to Texas to avoid all the taxes and stuff that we have to pay up here in uh, Illinois and in Canada. So kind of doing the, the Joe Rogan move. Oh,
3: gonna, yeah. Smart.
4: Uh, we're going to move yeah. to Austin and make ourselves like a roller derby podcast. And like <laughs> <laughs> I'll be uh, dressing like, uh, you know, with the flannel um, uh, uh, rockabilly look. Kind of thing nice uh, brother (laughs) we have to do two things we have
1: to we have to keep austin weird and we have to find coney you know i i've I've been staunch (laughs) about this for the past decade (laughs) i'm gonna keep repeating these two things Uh,
3: the main problem i have with coney isn't that he kills so many unarmed women and children or that he has child soldiers it's his blasphemy he's simply not he's 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 simply teaching a heretical version of christianity and it's not acceptable and if the vatican wasn't busy funding fascist death squads maybe they could take him up yeah he's not yeah.
4: sure sh- he's not showing humility that's the big thing yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that's the, that's the big
3: thing the other nice thing about um but Texas is that you can drive through armorio that area, through the Indian Reservation at, at like 95 miles per hour. And there are no police. And the, the toll is only 10 cents. But then once you get near the, uh, the cattle, the feedlots, it's the worst smell you could imagine other than maybe like a rotting corpse right next to you. You drive... <laughs> For two hours, and all you smell is rancid cow shit in the sun. It's, it's incredible. Like we put it in the emptiest part of the country that's not contaminated by nuclear fallout, but it's there, and it (laughs) it is foul. Yeah. But Houston, Houston's a great city. They got donks in Houston, and like if you're if you're a, a black woman and you got some thickness, you could make. 400k a year dancing in Houston. That's and I think that's good. You want to provide for the for the for the women. You don't want to make them work in subway.
0: Yeah, I hear. Like weather in Houston is just horrendous, though.
3: Oh yeah, it's miserably hot and humid, absolutely all
0: the time. I spent a little bit of time in Texas, and I. I enjoyed it quite a bit, um, but I didn't go to Houston. I, I, like it, I was in those areas where it's like dry, and so the heat was bearable. But I, if it was humid, oh, yeah. I, I, that would just be insane.
4: Yeah.
1: I've always romanticized like fleeing to desolate West Texas and like living in a field with horses in complete mystery, but uh, the rancid corpse smell I think is now turning me off. Thank you, Leo. Well, <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll you see about did, next month. We'll you need to head, just
3: to head south. Oh, through, through, oh okay. Farm. There we go. Great. You can complete your hermitage. <laughs> you can <laughs> bond with, orps, you want with to bond horses. with all the like,
2: horses, man.
3: Just like you're in. Uh, What's that Malibu rehab called? Um, There's a, a Malibu equine therapy <laughs> rehab? <laughs> yeah, the Malibu horses. Is it Crossroads? Crossroads!
1: crossroads Malibu, <laughs> where Molly <Crew laughs> Where the real cowboys go.
2: Hell yeah, yeah. damn
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> I, who do you think is going to be the closest? Figure to a hill Attila the Hun in our lifetime because it it, it can't be Omar al Baghdadi. He didn't do anything as funny as getting a letter from a, a princess and destroying a, an empire over like this pretend proposal for marriage. AOC, <laughs> we need somebody.
0: Yeah, a, yeah. AOC is going to be become nuclear? like the drone queen of the world. Slag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: Slay, slay, exactly,
2: <laughs>
3: slay, hun. So you guys, let's see. Well, three of us have girlfriends or ex-wives. What do you guys think is up with with women loving these drag shows and now like these voguing competitions? Why are they so steeped in nostalgia for, like, black street kid culture of 1985?
0: I don't understand it. I don't want to think about it. I just kind of (laughs) chalk it up as something that I'll – just a mystery, you know?
3: Women are mysterious. That's true. What do you think about it, John? I think it
1: seems campy, and it has a vaguely celebratory uh, atmosphere to it, so I think they're just drawn to it. But, yeah, I don't quite understand it either. I, I think it's a sort of imagined nostalgia maybe for like a, a sort of unknown John
3: Waters era. Oh, yeah, that's true. And women, they want that cred now. They want to know the words they use so they can feel like really cool <laughs> while still being, you know, intersectional allies. Yeah. But uh, I I think it's something like women really want to to listen to... To black stand-up comedians who are really funny and say like they say bad words but then they also give great self-help advice but for some women that's too it's too raunchy now that we've become so puritanical so they need a safer version of that like if a gay man is saying it it's a, it's it's less dangerous to listen to <laughs>
2: yeah
3: women also like to play dress up i mean that's an obvious part of
1: it. Yeah that's a huge portion
3: and uh i mean i I don't know i guess maybe people who were born before the aids era they they want to know what culture was like before gay men were afraid to have like sex with 50 men in a bathhouse every single night i don't know what what about you don what's your opinion on this no
4: i think you got most of it i don't know i uh (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, like, covered uh, a lot uh, of ground <laughs> oh <So laughs> well, you know you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't, don't, know, don't, know, don't <laughs> at the end of the day I mean, <laughs> just, there, I mean there's,
3: there's a clear upside in that you get poor people and you, you give them some exposure and they can they can make a living and
4: that's all we can really ask for in these
3: hard times
4: yeah no, I know I think it's what you're saying is that it's like the being able to um Take the words of gay men and black women and things like that, and uh, be able to say them at the office. That's the. <laughs> yeah. That's, like the, they, that's all that's, like, um, that's all anybody really it's wants to yeah. do, you know.
2: <laughs> they
3: just they want to be a part of it. That's why I think we need to we need to introduce an, an organization that anybody can join, but especially women and like urban men who just they they don't have anything there they're listless cosmopolitans as you could say when we give them uniforms we say we need you to enforce the public morality and you know just see what happens yeah.
0: It always comes back to giving
4: people uniforms with you, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the heart of it. Yeah, looking good. Yeah, <laughs>
3: looking looking good, feeling good. You know, <laughs> looking cute, feeling cute. It's true. It works. It's, it's a fact. It's a yeah, I'm, argument, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just a, <laughs> I'll, observing I'll go the go uniforms. You know how everybody sort of incorrectly talks about Nazi uniforms being designed by Hugo Boss, and that's why they're so cool. Was oh, that
0: not true?
1: Yeah, I thought that was true. It's, you should have called me on that earlier. <laughs> when you uh, went outside, sort of like yeah.
3: <laughs> they, they manufactured some stuff, but it was designed by somebody else. But the reason why they always look so sharp in photos is that every company had their own tailor and cobbler so that like e- even small units could always get their shit fixed so they were looking perfect and like even it, they took them in deep into russia and so they still have cobblers making their boots shine and look beautiful wow. and even though given the taper and uh fixing the sleeves cobblers, on the uniform brother, hell yeah 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 that's <laughs> the operational that,
1: that is vip that, right there. The Nazis
3: were, uh, they were an interesting, an interesting people. I'm glad that, that none exist anymore. And, uh, there was no secret Nazi, uh, West German government that still exists. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they
1: haven't reclaimed a bunch of Poland very quietly. <laughs> well, 2020 isn't over
0: yet. But. Um, yeah, that, that sounds a, a little bit like uh unnecessary to have personal cobblers and stuff with all the units but you gotta figure that's <laughs> yeah, a that yeah that feels like wildly inefficient for 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 such especially for germans people. right yeah. yeah yeah but uh it, you know you gotta figure that's that's a big factor in the longevity of you know people appreciating like you know neo-nazis and all that kind of stuff like yeah
3: if you don't have unit level tailors and cobblers do you even have like venezuelan and american (laughs) neo-nazis if they don't look cool right like people just like losers in mongolia
1: just cutting off foreigners heads indiscriminately at that point you know
0: yeah, if I you mean, know you're like, gonna lose the war, you just gotta look good losing it, and then you know in 50 years someone else will pick up the flag and carry on the fight. <laughs> exactly. I mean,
3: the, the Rhodesians tried a more like relaxed strategy where they wore like little booty shorts and, and camo tees instead of a proper uniform, and they're beloved on the internet. So I think it's a it's a strategy you want to follow if you're like you're you're leading a doomed but powerful army.
0: Maybe, maybe we need to get you uh, designing us some podcasting uniforms or something. Uh,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'd love to. I'd love to. I mean, nobody likes South Africa. Like, nobody celebrates the military successes of the South African Army because they didn't look – they look like shit, to be honest. <laughs> They're fucking losers, man. That That's probably Nobody's
0: why like, people don't like, uh, you know, apartheid South Africa. You're, I think you're right, Yeah. <laughs>
3: no no that's what i mean like that's why we don't have neo neo war apartheid people like the only people who want to yeah, go back yeah i don't want to work those like actual right. and, and uh dylan roof, dylan roof who yeah. was into but he had some weird he had some weird connections with like cia mercenaries and stuff that that, that, that stuff gets weirder the more you look into it yeah who
0: doesn't these days
3: you know what i'm saying? <laughs> Hey, I did
1: not say anything. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see a CIA buddy movie with Stephen Paddock and Dylan Roof. You know, like real Bollywood. <laughs> that could be great.
3: Uh, Stephen Paddock gets burned, and instead of taking his revenge on a, a crowd of country music fans, <laughs> he he teams up with Dylan Roof and he tries to
0: bring back apartheid in South Africa. For, <laughs> being, being Get the band back together
2: man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, thinking that they, they just
0: they go to MDMA therapy together and they totally Uh-oh. like become <laughs> nice guys you know yeah and they, just, they wear like, white robes and cry together right. <laughs> they start a self-help <laughs> yeah. movement yeah,
3: they they get that kind of excellent self help when they're they're talking about the the virtuality of spirit and they're just very peaceful people. I like that. That's a that's a good idea. You're thinking in a much more harmonious <laughs> wavelength than I am. <laughs> Probably thanks to your your multiple prayers <laughs> Probably, <laughs> to, yeah. to Allah today. Yep. <laughs> I knew a guy
1: from LA who was the most LA guy I'd ever known and uh I ran into him in, like, Union Square, and I found out he was, like, living above, like, an acupuncture clinic that he had to leave at 8 a.m. every day and just wander the streets until he could come back to the acupuncture clinic. But he told me about how he went to, like, a a mother-son, like, sassafras ceremony where a bunch of, like, I guess, aging L.A. urbanite moms and their uh, well-fed sons, like, did MDMA together and like bonded and cried and um and he said this had really enlightened him but unfortunately he'd soon later got involved with a uh la nyc uh bi-coastal cult centered around uh clitoral stimulation called uh one touch or something <laughs> like a multi-level
0: oh, marketing wow. scheme <laughs> oh wow it's wild to wow. me how uh, cults and, and uh, like pyramid schemes like that are, are pretty much like the same thing. Like if you're doing one, you're doing the other now. That's really <laughs> yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. They go hand in hand. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Do you guys know, speaking of like weird-est uh, self-help and like Southern California rich people, do you guys know about GT Dave, the guy who owns uh, the GT Kombucha brand? No. What's the dirt on GT
1: Day? That's good boobs, though.
3: (laughs) There's a video of, like, there's a long interview video of him on YouTube that you should check out. And he's just the weirdest, like, Permanently smiling, permanently happy, almost like the Heaven's Gate guys <laughs> guy. And it, his, his elderly plastic surgery mom is with him. And they speak in these new age cliches and in their weird white mansion. It's rich people just get up to some stuff in California. I don't know exactly what they do in New York besides, you know, snuffing out child prostitutes but in new york in los angeles they
0: really get up some stuff
1: (laughs) no yeah because there's because there's pressure to be happy in los angeles like in new york city you can just be publicly miserable as i've recounted in my many foibles (laughs) in this podcast but in in la you know you have to maintain like you know perceptions of happiness so to do this you have to go to desperate lengths and like go with your mother to mdma therapy you know you have to desperately (laughs) seek the answer
3: is there any magic in the world? Are there any
2: holy <laughs>
3: who dream like I do? Who don't want to sleep the day through? <laughs> the thing is, when you're when you're hanging around in Los Angeles, like you'll meet these rich people, like not super rich people, just say like a blonde man and his his attractive wife and he's 40 and she's 32 or whatever and they're so nice like everybody in Los Angeles is just so kind to you all the time yeah that was one of my favorite things about like they don't care it's a real lean on me
1: city you know yeah like there's it's it's not that they care it's that they have to maintain the veneer of caring because it's part of this like we're all helping each other out and we're happy sort of facade
3: they they couldn't (laughs) care if you live or die yeah no if they saw you on skid row they would pretend not to recognize you yeah literally the the only mean people in los angeles are the the heirs of the the persians who fled the the revolution <laughs> they're, they're very large physically like you don't expect persians to be like six six and puffy but even the women are six six and puffy and then they wear it's like these giant persians that they're just like out of my way. I don't know. I don't know. They need to get in on the LA vibe. They're too insulated yeah, in their, their nightclubs with the blue carpets and golden lions. They need to go to the Sassafras ceremony,
2: man. Yeah. And <laughs> join yeah,
3: the, the Click Cult. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm singling out the group because there are some very cool Persians in LA who will, will jam out with you anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so let's wrap this up here with one last question. Um, this one's a little bit confusing. I thought maybe you guys could help me understand what, what's going on here. So You guys sounds- get such tough questions, like homework, man. It's really tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one says, Will you ever bring on an observer to observe the podcast? Can't remember what it's called. Sorry.
1: Uh, yeah, that one's really Is tough
3: an observer does you mean like um like one of those people who who sits in a workplace and like writes down what everybody's doing so so they can consult on workflow or is this more of like a spiritual
0: thing oh i hadn't considered that yeah Yeah, i don't i don't know i honestly have no idea what this is talking about (laughs)
1: it's really cryptic it's like a letter from a serial killer
0: like, podcasts are mean, an audio thing, so it must be talking about the actual recording.
3: Yeah, maybe this is, in English as a second language person who's asking you for a videographer.
0: Oh, like oh. if we would do video
3: stuff. I don't know, or maybe they're just asking for a government observer to, to censor you. <laughs> so you to just trouble.
1: hold you boys down, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, what some Chinese
3: uh, communist <laughs>
0: cadre is coming in.
4: I was thinking of like a psychologist or something, like trying to monitor our health. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please assess you. I was thinking more
1: like a Joyce like a ranger type character who you guys would just like speak to like separately and then that person would like coagulate your thoughts into the podcast which i think is a pretty good streamlining idea just for the avant-garde aspect of it you know
4: that could be good (laughs) yeah yeah then we can record separately too so we would not have to actually talk to each other we just (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. that
0: that that cuts a lot of the fat
4: yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) see i knew this would be a productive question to ask you guys. <laughs> yeah, there we go we are
1: generators all right that's why we live in neomi
3: we're some of the creatives of neom <laughs> we are the and, working um... minds that make up the neo-urban lifestyle and flavor <laughs> the vice architect for neom henry drury harness Well, actually, he's the vice vice engineer, not the vice architect. He's asked us to take the lotus position among various um, compass points that line up with the Earth's natural ley lines, which they will not tell you about in school, and just feel the vibe. And if we're picking up good vibes, the observer feels the vibe, and the next observer is going to catch that feeling. But if it clashes with their own feeling, they'll know they're not vibing, and there's got to be some changes in neon. Yeah, and this is. <laughs> you got to change mean, this, up the vibe. Wanna, if if anybody is like seventeen in high school, you're listening to this podcast, you want to know what you're going to do for a job? Observer neon. is <laughs> really what you want to aim for. Sure.
0: Sounds. Good. Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, thank you for uh, sharing your tales of woe with our audience. And uh, oh yeah, and... no worries, man. It <laughs> yeah. was
1: it's it's great to voice it. I still got friends in high places. Um, <laughs> I'm still taking prayers across the spectrum. You know, sure. Catholic, Muslim, uh, really extremist sects. I'm looking for like uh, Lutherans, Renaissance ranters, stuff like that. <laughs> um, no, but I think I'll bounce back. I always do. Um, Leo, you once shared a beautiful wisdom with me when I was really down and out about a year ago. Uh, Something about uh, how we're masochistic phoenixes who uh, rise again just to die and rise again. Do you recall this? It really stuck with me. Yeah,
3: I can can explain that. That's a family philosophy. Yeah. My my very own dad, who was a sailor in the Navy, he's got Navy-style tattoos, but his coolest one is of a phoenix hung in a noose with X's, with X's for, eyes. for
1: eyes yes this really stuck so, with me and
3: I, and I described it to my, my actually my friend bernard saw it and he's a very poetic shout out to soul. bernard and he, a, a, a real and he veteran. said that's the masochistic phoenix dying just to rise again that's <laughs> so
4: beautiful, beautiful beautiful yeah love that
0: all right guys well yeah thanks for coming on it was a pleasure it was such a pleasure
1: we love you to all the fans we love you so much we 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 want to make sweet r&b love to you in a jacuzzi we're just so thankful check out the pimp
3: chronicles when it premieres in 2027. (laughs) no it's premiering
1: soon we're we're gonna get it together sure well whenever that yeah those come out we will definitely uh, yeah a
0: proper shout out and everything
1: yeah hopefully before our fourth guest appearance (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right guys so if you enjoyed this episode of you can't win you can subscribe to our patreon and get a second episode every week as well as access to our discord where you can chat with us in our community and don't forget that we also have a curious cat where you can send questions anonymously the uh, curious cat is pinned to the twitter account for the podcast so thanks for listening and we'll catch you again next week